Welcome to the Art of Charm podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm AJ. And we're so glad you joined us here on our weekly podcast, where we share over a decade of coaching experience to teach you the social skills you didn't get in school. And if you're a new listener, we run live, in-person, advanced social skills training programs here in sunny Los Angeles. And we've just started some online programs to help everyday people improve their social skills. Check us out at theartofcharm.com for more. Now, each week on the show, we give you an insider's view of what we do by bringing you episodes full of content that we pull directly from our bootcamp program. This month, we've been exploring the science of connection, and it has been a fantastic month. We've had on fascinating guests like Michael Ventura, who's an expert on using empathy to transform your interactions with others. And Oscar Tremboli, a specialist in teaching you how to be a better listener. But today, we're doing something different. We have an extra Monday in October, which means space for an extra episode of The Art of Charm. But we also had the opportunity to interview boxing legend Sugar Ray Leonard. And when you get an opportunity to interview somebody as legendary as Sugar Ray, well, you take that opportunity. So we're going to deviate from our regular scheduled programming. And we're going to share that interview with you. Sugar Ray dropped by our studio to tell us a little bit about what he's working on these days and to let us pick his brain about life as a boxer and some of the most historic fights in sports history. And of course, his life outside the ring as a mere mortal, just like you and me. And like the rest of us, Sugar Ray's wins did not come without struggle, sweat, pain, and discomfort. Exactly. If you want to move towards greatness, well, you have to get used to moving forward and being a little courageous while still feeling that fear. Getting out of your comfort zone is a huge part of developing powerful social skills. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years. Going through endless resumes, well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people, because they're all going to give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash charm. Just go to Indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. 
Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to kajabi.com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Okay, back to our main event. Sugar Ray Leonard is such a remarkable guy. He started boxing in 1969, and from there, well, he sort of never looked back. He kicked off a phenomenal career as an amateur on the 1976 U.S. Olympic boxing team and later transitioned into professional boxing, where he won world titles in five different weight divisions, and he fought against some of the titans of boxing like Roberto Duran and Tommy Hearns. And he also fought against the pressures of practically becoming famous overnight at 25 years old and a personal battle with addiction. Sugar Ray Leonard has been out of the ring for 20 years, but he's kept fighting, turning his focus towards diabetes, a disease that affects over 30 million Americans and over 1 million children, mostly in low-income communities. Sugar Ray Leonard's goal is to beat diabetes back with education and research funding through the Sugar Ray Leonard Foundation. So we put the study guides away and decided to just riff with Sugar about finding boxing and working his way to the top of that sport. And he's going to talk about the value of being knocked down and the power of surrounding yourself with the right people in your corner. And we're also going to hear how Sugar Ray Leonard was one of the first boxers to orchestrate his own career without a fight promoter. And the discipline he needed to mentally prepare for the brutality of a world championship fight. And be sure to listen out for Sugar Ray asking AJ about his first time in the boxing ring and how that went. All right, Johnny, don't make me get my gloves. Ha! I don't need all that. Why don't we just drop right in here and talk with Sugar Ray Leonard about our half marathon training. So Johnny and I are training for a half marathon. The first one. Are in you serious? Yeah. yeah. So so that's uh, how many miles? Thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. yeah. And what's the furthest you've run? Uh, well, it was five miles <laughs> two months ago. So <laughs> I've done ten, uh, but uh, not at the not speed a, yeah. I wanted to. But we've been doing um, some heavy duty training. Well, the heavier training that either of us have ever done in our lives, and uh, it's been. So rewarding. And as much as I'm cursing up a storm while I'm in that gym, uh, when we get out, I feel like a million dollars. I know, because you, you push your body beyond I'm somewhere limits, where I've right? never been. Yeah. Oh, I've been there. I've oh, been. I know you've been there. You it's, spent most of your life Oh, my there. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, Muhammad Ali told me, he said, many, many years ago, he said, uh, 
He said, man, when I fought Joe Frazier the third time, it was the closest thing to death. And I like death. And I had that with Hearns and Hagler yeah. and Durant. I mean, really, you 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 had a point that your body, your body, I mean, your body just like spent, and then you can't catch your breath, and and you you and also you're afraid because now like your opponent is coming yeah. at you, and with one intention, right, to knock you, <laughs> you know, there is nothing like it, nothing like it in the world. You know, and that's what happened to McGregor and Mayweather. Yeah, because that because McGregor only went five rounds when he got to seven round. Because I was working with, with Fox, I think it was, and commentary, and the seventh round, <sighs> McGregor's like this, <sighs> and then Mayweather looked at me and said, "I got it. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it." I got it. And that was the whole game that he was he was playing. Oh, he, yeah. he knew yeah. it was yeah. going that way. Of course, you you push your body. To such an extreme that I mean, there were times when I felt like I mean, it's like it's like death, but you have that intestinal fortitude that pushes you, pushes you, and it, and at that point you say, "How bad do you want this? That's, how bad do you want this?" And you can't say, "Can I get back to you?" <laughs> <laughs> and then you push yourself. That's when you know. That's when you know. That's what separates the men from the boys. And that's what we want to talk about. Okay. That. From the mental side of things too, right. and the physical side, the of physical things. side, yeah. And obviously, boxing is one of the toughest, if not the toughest, sport on the yeah. planet. Yeah, yeah. How do you jump into the toughest sport on the planet? I mean, Johnny and I just thinking about it are very intimidated. So, yeah, starting. You know, out. I mean, I, I am nothing like I, I. I was telling the guys, other guys, I, I'm nothing like I was, am in the ring. I mean, I'm I'm like non confrontational. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm fucking uh, I'm shy, <laughs> but sociable. Yeah, if that makes any sense. But I, I mean. To have done what I did, I mean, it's just, it just, it blows my mind. And my kids look at me sometimes, they look at, and they look at videos, and <laughs> she knows I'm the same guy. So do you feel you have an alter ego in the ring that you have to tap into? Oh, oh yeah. Because I, I I knew, I knew if I was going to win or lose by in the dressing room. And I look in the, in, in the mirror, and if I see Sugar Ray Leonard, I could beat Mike Tyson. But if I see Ray, Ray Leonard, the civilian, I'm in fucking trouble. Oh. Because I'm not that, yeah. you know. I mean, it's like being 100%. Like every time. So every time you do this show, do you be 100%? Well, we try try our right. best. <laughs> <right. laughs> no, but I'm saying. Yeah, our listeners will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but you don't always feel like 100%, like sharp right. and everything. Because sometimes you, but no one, no one really knows because right. you, you're experienced and everything. So when I had those moments that I, I just don't feel, it's like intuition. It's like just, because sometimes I don't have to look at you over here to know I'm going to hit it. I can hit it. I know where it is. And I pop. <laughs> there are times I go in the ring and I'm like, something's not right. Mm -hmm. I said, can we postpone this? In my head, I said, can we postpone this for a while? So it's it's been a, it's been interesting. Is there something mentally that you were able to do or could do if you did look in the mirror and realize, oh, this is going to be a tough one. I, I need to, to talk to myself here. Or was there some, or was it so something that, that that day it was just not going to happen? It's just, it's just that, mo I mean, these, these moments were, were rare. I mean, like, um, I've had 40 fight, 40 professional fights and 155 amateur fights. So within that period, I, maybe six times. 
you know, maybe six times. When I think back, because I, I I can I can go back in time. I can I, like when I fought Durant back in 1980, June of 1980, and when he beat me, I can go back. I can feel. I can look. I can envision him. I can smell his breath. I can go back like that and that clear. It's just amazing because those fights were so significant. You know, those fights were so uh, incredible, man. It's you know, because like when you get hit. It's not pain. It's not like a needle. It's like a sticking. It's like pow. It's a pow. And the only place that really hurts if I hit you in the body, you can't breathe. You won't. You. It's a, and it's a, if I hit you closer to the rib. To, to oh rib, yeah. It's I, a delayed reaction. <laughs> you ever got hit back there? Oh yeah. Okay. So you oh, know, yeah. Yeah. It's it's just amazing, man. You know, and what happens with fighters, and although they won't tell you because we, we have machismo, when you're out of the ring for more than a year or so, you lose that feeling of getting hit. I mean, because it's not natural to get hit. But if you get hit, especially in the nose, and it's like, oh, man, I'm fuck this shit. Right. <laughs> you know? And so, I mean, I, I, and I, I tell, I, like I'm telling you guys, I, I talk about it because it's, 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 it's what it is. Well, what's always fascinated me is it's one of the very rare professions where you train, you train, you train, you train, you train for this one day, this one match, and you're not doing like a football season. You know, you got up to 20 games and then you got playoffs, basketball, 82. It's a sport where it's you and one other person in the ring and then you fighting your mind too. Yeah, yeah. And you've put all of this training in. And there are days, and of course, by no means is a half marathon that, but there are days where we're like, man, we're not no, hitting no, our goals. No, we're no. not where we should be. You no. question it, yourself. It, it, it is. It is. It, it. What you guys are doing and, and, and considering doing, <laughs> it's true. It, it, it is. It is the same. It's the exact same thing that's taking place because you say, shit, man, come on. You know? I mean, because running that, what, 26 miles, is it 26 miles? 26. For well, that's a, a that's marathon. That's a full marathon. I know, I know, but, but yeah, tw- but do it. I mean, I was like, I said, because I, I, I thought about it one, I contemplated one time. I said, fuck this. You know, I, I mean, I could I do it? Not at the, not at the speed or that, but I could do it. Right. You know, because I, I can, I push myself. Well, one of the things that I've noticed where I'm talking about earlier how, we had never been in this place before training wise and and you know exactly where we've we've have been and where we are to have a day that doesn't work out so well where you know last week i was better i must be bit beat up and to get down on yourself because you're, you 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 want to push you want to be get better that week knowing that it's just not my day and then to come back a week later to beat that time that you that you were upset about last week to know that there is a there is a process here, and I'm at my peak or my my limits that I am fighting with, and that's a then understand that feeling is to know yourself mentally and physically that I don't I don't think a lot of people get to experience. You explain it so well. That was so yeah, that, that's it. I mean, to to push yourself beyond that limit, man, and and and, and to make your mind and and your, and your body and your heart and your balls accept, <laughs> accept say all right, are we gonna do this together? Yeah. Because you can't have, you know... If, Going in opposite directions. No, yeah. you can't go in opposite direction. It, <laughs> it, it's like, yeah, it's like, whoa, man, you know? 
it's it's amazing. It's amazing what we uh, what we can do. So you talk about right getting punched in the face. Obviously, it's one thing that we all avoid as humans, <laughs> right? It's, we yeah, are wired yeah. to avoid getting right, hit in right, the head. Right. Was there a moment in your life where you got hooked on boxing? You can say in your mind, "This was it," where I knew I wanted to get beat up in the ring because for us, it's so intimidating to even think about. No, it was like I started boxing. My first time in the ring was like eight, nine, or ten. And I'm like this. And the kid said, pop! Hit my nose. I said, okay, that's good. That's it. <laughs> I quit. I just quit. I quit for five years. And I moved to Maryland. Put the gloves, those same gloves back on. And it was like I found boxing, boxing found me, and we found each other. That's, that's, uh, I mean, that's, when I tell that story, I, I get goosebumps, man. I tell you, it's, it's just, it's an amazing process. It's a process. It is a, it's a process, you know, to, and to have, have come out of such, so many years of, of, of beating up the body somewhat somewhat unscathed you know what i mean it's 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 a bitch <laughs> yeah it is man you know but i would i do it again absolutely in a heartbeat in a heartbeat i would do it again there's no greater feeling than a heavy hands raised man especially when you beat the odds and i tell you i i would do it in a heart i would do it in a heartbeat do i miss it yeah i mean yeah i mean because it's i until you accept that nothing else will give you pretty much that that high, because you 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 find yourself searching, and I did that. I did that with 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 drugs and alcohol and uh, unauthorized, uh, yeah, stuff. So I tell you what, this is this is going to be my mission, and, <laughs> and the next I, I know next year, I'm going to stop drinking coffee. I gave luck myself, with that one. I gave myself a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, with all your achievements, it's certainly, I was telling your PR people yesterday that to have you on the show was such an honor, but we would like to be able to humanize you a bit for our audiences and to see you uh, dependent on that coffee and that cream. <laughs> that's, oh, certainly, that's certainly a human response right yeah. there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> And you've had a long day. It's, it's well-deserved coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well-deserved. So it is, as Johnny was saying, a huge honor to have Sugar Ray Leonard on the show here with us today. And I know growing up that boxers were revered and still are revered as some of the biggest Certainly. warriors in the modern world. And I know it's something that Johnny and I are definitely intimidated by. We've started to push ourselves a little bit physically, but the level of toughness, both, both physically and mentally, you need to get in the ring, to face someone else, to face your biggest fears, getting hit by someone else, oftentimes bigger than you and even more angry than you. The first question that I have is in that moment when you're locked in, do you see the weakness in someone else? And are you able then to take yourself to another level? Or is it really just fighting against all of your instincts to stay in that moment? It's that's a very good question. And it's all based upon the level of competition. Naturally, when I was fighting 
uh, my 15th fight, my 20th fight. Uh, and then when you move up to the Marvin Hagler's of the world, the Tommy Hearns <laughs> of the world, Roberto Duran of the world, that's when it's, you have to raise the bar. You have to be as optimistic, but sincere. You have to be sincere with yourself to, to achieve greatness. To go in on that a bit, so there's all these other fights before that where at least you had wanted to be in the best shape of your life and then to go, okay, well, if this is the next fight, how, how do I take it up a notch from what I've already felt was peak physical and mental condition? You go beyond the limits. <laughs> you go beyond what is expected of you. Instead of doing 100 sit-ups, you do 200 sit-ups. Not necessarily did I do that. Yeah. I didn't. Well, yes, I did. I've done I was going to say, yeah. I'm <laughs> sure you I'm, did I'm, that. So I've done that. It's been a long time, though. But um, I pushed myself. And, you know, I'm glad you asked that question because that's how I became who I am. Because I always did a little bit more than the other guys. Uh, instead of running three miles, I run five miles. Instead of training when there's three-minute rounds and one-minute rest, I'll do five-minute rounds and 30 seconds rest. I would fly in new sparring partners from all over the country, and we would spar nine rounds, 12 rounds, 15 rounds. And every four rounds or five rounds, I'll get a new, a fresh guy. So I gotta, I'm tired, but now I have to deal with this guy who's fresh. And I've learned to do that. So I was always ready for that, that round or that moment in that ring where, you know, majority of guys, 95% of the guys would just poop out. You know, you, you made mention of bringing in sparring partners. And I was just thinking about this. Obviously, there is an amount of respect that they have to, to come in and to spar with you. But there's also a bit of their own ego. It's like, I want to get a couple shots on this guy. Right. Gotta, I want to oh, get a couple yes. on sugar. Were you my training camp? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be hearing about it if he was. No. <laughs> <laughs> but that's true. That is so true. In fact, check this out. Uh, it was five days before my fight against Marvin Hagler. One of my sparring partners hit me and nearly knocked me out. Oh. I mean, nearly knocked me out. I mean, five days before the fight. And I remember vividly getting into my in the car to go back to the hotel. No one said a word. The, <laughs> no. the, the car, the van was quiet, but it was like deathly quiet. And they all, and I knew what they, I knew what they were thinking. They were saying, Ray got hit by a sparring partner and almost knocked him out. So, so what would Marvin Hagel do to him? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of questions in it. Oh, yeah, so I had to prove him wrong. And that only motivated me to a degree, whereas that uh, I was sharp. So your brother, Roger, <laughs> goaded you into boxing. And we were talking about this very briefly earlier. You say you found boxing and boxing found you. Is there a distinct memory in your mind of that moment when you felt hooked on this sport that scares the crap out of me and Johnny here? When I broke my brother's nose. <laughs> I, do it. I know that. No, I, my brother Roger was a, you know, he could have been a champion. But he, he 
just his discipline wasn't as strong as mine. And he, you know, he would train hard, then he'll go. That night he'll hang out, do his thing. But me, I I I I just wanted to be on time, sharp, everything, and I would train. I would 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 not eat great food. I I ate what was available. But um I was just more dedicated. I was more dedicated than most guys. And you've encountered a lot of champions in your career. Is there something in your mind, you talk about discipline, is that it? Or are there other factors that separate the champions from the amateurs? The, the discipline is a major, a major uh, point. You have to believe in yourself. Be honest. Be honest with yourself. You have to use what you have. In other words, when I would fight, all the fights that I've had, I choreographed the fights in my head. I could find out what your strong points were because I would watch films of you, tapes of you, and and find out your weakness and your strength. And I would concentrate on those things. And I would try to find out, and I did those things later on, you know, with my uh, my spies that I sent to training camps <laughs> and to find out what was, you know, what happened, what, what, what bothered you the most. And with Hagler in particular, I found out that he get, would get upset when he faced guys who could box, guys who had mobility, guys who moved around the ring, guys who utilized the ring, and that would bother Hagler. So I, I, <laughs> I did those things. So it sounds like champions are also adaptable in that sense, right? Oh, you, yes. Throughout oh, your yes, career, yes. getting ready for these different fighters, you're adapting your fighting style to gain that edge. You Well, you know, the, and, the, and the key is being versatile having the ability to change up. You, you can't just have a, a plan plan A. You need a plan B, plan C, plan D. You got to be able to change up and be multiple. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know that whether it's sports or business or life, that's an important part. Growing personal development is about being adaptable to a changing environment. The world is changing just like the, the fighters you're facing are changing. That is so true. And, um, you know, I look at life itself as being a fight. We are fighters even outside the ring. We get knocked down. Like I said, we get knocked down and you, you need, you need, you got to do your, role, your version of role work. You got to do all those things. And like I'll, I'll tell my kids, I say, you know, life is a fight and you have not been in a fight yet. And they look at me like I'm crazy, but they, they will, they will get a taste of that, taste of it eventually. We all, because we oh, all yeah. had fights, right? Everyone's had a fight. Yeah. Everyone's got knocked down at some point in their lives. It depends on who gets up. Who right. gets up from those knockdowns? You know, the, my dad has a saying, and it's something that AJ and I have said for uh, many years now, which is, you know, and, and there's, and I, guess, I guess it goes to speak to the sort of coddling that goes on with the younger generation, but sort of that idea where everyone should get a punch square in the face at some point <laughs> and to see how you handle it and take it and be able to continue rolling. And, and it, without that, it's like, how, how, how do you know what you're made of? That is so true. You know, as, and I'm not, I'm not being facetious. That, that is true. You know, to get a taste of getting knocked down or getting hit, not physically, but just be getting hit. And how do you react to that? How, how, do, how do you respond to a setback or get up from a knockdown, win a fight? You know, I mean, we all gonna we we all gonna experience that. Oh yeah, right. 
some sooner than others. Well, we had Alex Banyan on recently, and he told us a story in interviewing you as a kid that in order to gain speed, you chase the school bus. So are there any other unusual training techniques that you used early on in your career to build that physical toughness that gets you in the ring, that allows you to outlast your opponent? You know, that, that question, how can I answer this? It's intuitive. It's, it's natural. It's like you got to want it. I mean, how bad do you want it? It's this thing that you can't, you can't really touch it. You can't, but you can feel it. It's, I'm pointing to my head right now. It's, uh, it's what's up here. It's what's here in your heart. And, you know. And what's in your fist. And what's in your fist, yes. <laughs> That's serious, right? <laughs> yeah. You know it's my fist been balled up. Eh? But it's, it's all about the fight. Stay in the fight. Don't give up, you know. People will tell you what you can't do because they can't do it. And I always give that advice. I said, and always dream the dream. You know, we all have dreams and there are no shortcuts to these dreams. And you work as much as you can, as hard as you can, and you will see results. And your next fight is diabetes. Wonderful foundation you started. How did you choose this as your next opponent? You know, I've been asked that a, a number of times because my father was diabetic. I mean, my father passed away about a, uh, about a month or so ago, 95 years old. But uh, he had type 2 diabetes. My friends, their kids had diabetes. One of my best friends called me one day. He said, Ray, I, I, I was just diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And this guy, I mean, was the, I mean, the image of, of success. I mean, trained hard every day, looked like a million bucks. But uh, diabetes today now, because these is called juvenile diabetes, and now it's called type one, type two, because you can get diabetes at any age now. It's and it's scary. It's and it's a fight that I've decided to take on, a fighter, I should say. And so through awareness and research, one day I want to see eradicate this this, this disease, and I want to be a part of that. Yeah, it's a. A very tough disease, even when managed. Even when managed, exactly. And it strikes everyone at every age. It's the complications, and uh, it's, it's just a horrible disease. And I, and this is like I, I say, this has been the, this is the toughest fight of my my career. Well, considering how your career went, I'm sure <laughs> you are a worthy <laughs> opponent for diabetes and raising awareness around it. Because I know that it's something that when you see children are suffering with it when you see healthy adults end up with it and the complications that go along with it, it can be very tough on your loved ones and on your family. It really can be. And uh, that's why I'm such a, a fighter for this cause. And I have incredible friends who come out to support me, uh, B. Riley and company, uh, my partner. We also teamed up with Children's Hospital Los Angeles uh, to raise that awareness and help raise funds for research. This is something so special to me because... It's about get, being in the position to give back, to make, to acknowledge something that is so deadly. You know, it's like my, this is like my child. 
diabetes. When it comes to taking on a fight of this magnitude, obviously training for your physical fights, there's a moment of pushing yourself beyond that physical limit. Now you're taking on a much bigger fight. So getting people in your corner to help support you on this is an important mission that you're on. Without question, without question. And then we talk about, and I'm, thanks for bringing it up, but we talk about this all the time because it, this is something very dear to me. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's being responsible. It's showing that what's important to me. You know, I, I look back when I first began this, this journey, and it, is, it has been a journey that, uh, when I first talked about that, I got very emotional. But in the past nine years, we've raised close to $3 million. So, again, I am a fighter outside the ring. Right. Without question. And growing up as a socially anxious kid, I'm sure fame was difficult and tricky to deal with at times. Now you have an opportunity to use that fame for an amazing cause. But talk about that at the start of your career. You start racking up some wins. The spotlight is on you. How do you handle that moment? Oh, wow. I mean, and you, you, you learn about your mistakes. But um, when I, after the, after the Olympics in 1976, I turned pro at, what, 77. And, and that's where my, my journey began. And um, all of a sudden now... I'm being known globally and the fame and, the, and the, the fortune that comes with that. If you don't maintain perspective, if you're not grounded, if your feet are not firmly s stuck on the ground, get you in trouble. And what happened with me when I retired uh, the first time, <laughs> I retired a lot of times. <laughs> the first time I was like 25 and I retired because I had a partial detached retina and people were very concerned about me coming back uh, to the ring because, you know, they felt that I could do some serious damage. But I was so unprepared, I should say, of the success that I had in a short period of time, two years, that I went to alcohol and drugs and it was a whirlwind. And, it, and you know... I had good people. I had good. I had good people around me that looked out for me in my best interest, and I was able to pull myself out of that situation. And instead of hurting myself, I want to hurt diabetes. I right. want to take away diabetes. I want to knock out diabetes. And so that's been uh, a blessing in disguise for me. Right. And to physically prepare for for this fight and that your age is as great as you look what are you doing uh physically nowadays to stay in shape and to keep it moving and and to go on for this fight it's stress <laughs> and coffee right <laughs> coffee. yeah guys coffee no you know i, I work out I, yeah. I i do work out um uh my trainer trent uh has been with me for for some time now and but i've always even i mean years ago I'm 62 years old now. I mean, back in my 20s, man, I always worked out a little bit. Even even when I wasn't fighting, I always worked out. I took pride in working out, and um, I feel good. It's because when I get up in the morning to run, whether it's 
two, three miles, whatever the case may be, and work out, my day starts off, I'm productive already. Yeah. Right? I'm productive. And it, there's no greater feeling for me than to work out and just, you know, get all that stuff out of you, all that toxin out of your system. And I'm not just talking about food or whatever, but just get all those bad thoughts. Because when I work out, man, my brain's clear, my body is clear and clean, and uh, that's a, that's awesome. Well, it's certainly a thing for to build habits, good habits that, you know, if I know for myself at this point, if I don't work out for a few days, I, I know what the issue is. Exactly. I know why I'm feeling off. And it's only a matter of time before we get back at it. AJ and I had just done some work in Chicago. And the first thing we were excited about is get back to routine, get back in the gym. And because it's, it lets your body know and your mind know uh, we're back to normal. It's back to right. game time and it's back to keeping it together. Have you guys ever tried boxing? So uh, I took a a workout class that involved boxing. I don't want to say I tried boxing (laughs) because I I was hitting an inanimate object. (laughs) I was not actually getting punched, which is a much different feeling. But it is physically exhausting. It is. I will tell you, the gloves are a lot heavier than you think. And throwing punches in a rapid succession, you're using your whole body and talk about cardio. I was absolutely winded. My girlfriend, Amy, dragged me to a class and it was full of all these beautiful women in LA and I'm getting taped up and all excited to do a little, you know, shake and shimmy. And then we get into it and halfway through I was wheezing, bent over, completely winded. So I couldn't even imagine what it's like then having to deal with the onslaught of someone else looking to knock you out. Oh yeah, but that's, there's, boxing is one of the most, if not the most incredible workouts there is because it's it's the body, it's the mind, it's all those things. And uh, when I work out, I hit the bags every now and then. No one hits me back, thank God. (laughs) But it's the best feeling. It's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful feeling. I, I'm trying to articulate it, but I, I just can't. One day I'm gonna have you guys come to the house, and uh, now I'm serious. Yeah, and have you guys come. Yeah, and uh, I'm gonna show you some stuff. Okay. Oh man, we would love. I won't. Stuff. I won't hit you. But, <laughs> Can we hit each other? Yeah. Well, maybe, <laughs> we got some things maybe. to get out what? of our chest. <laughs> <laughs> you get the sign of release on. Okay. <laughs> no problems there. <laughs> So I think, honestly, the, the most fascinating thing about all of this is the competitive drive to go back in the ring, retire, go back in the ring, get knocked down, and get back up. And that mental toughness, that fortitude is something that I think we all struggle with. You know, life does knock you down. And to be honest, retirement sounds pretty nice, right? After a, the training that goes on, the matches you prepare for. So what was that factor that motivated you to get back in the ring so many times? Because I, I wanted to win. I want, I saw, I wanted, I wanted that victory. I, I mean, I've had victories, but I wanted that victory. And that means Marvin Hagler. That means Tommy. Is, is it easy? Absolutely. No way. No way. It's, <laughs> but it's also a mindset you know, to be optimistic, but also not take shortcuts. I was trying to regain what I had. In other words, the fame and the, and the, the, the acknowledgement of it, beating Hagler, beating Tommy Hearns, beating Roberto Duran, 
there's nothing like it, guys. There's nothing like that. And once I accepted the fact, I surrendered, said, you know what? I'm going to do something else. And it may not be that same, you know, hoopla, but when I do something outside the ring, it's 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 so, man, it's, it's just so comforting. You know what I mean? Right. It's just so amazing. I was I was curious. You had mentioned the the chemical dependency that was going on uh, after retiring. Was that going on on some of those comebacks as well? That those things had to go away, and and if so, what was the mental process of realizing how far you had strayed from that con- that conditioning um, when that had taken its toll? You know, I, I mean, my first return to the ring, my re- my first return of many <laughs> to the ring. I um, I'm watching a a boxing match and I say I can beat him, and, you know. And then and after a couple of drinks, you you will convince. <laughs> and uh, I knew, I remember when I saw Marvin Hagler fights this guy Johnny Beast Mugabe, and it was like Hagler wasn't sharp. I said so. I called my my partner, <laughs> my business partner. I said Mike, I said Mike, I can beat Hagler. He said, Ray, have you been drinking? <laughs> I said, yes, but that's not the point. Boy. And um, I said, he said, just wait. He said, get home, get home, we'll talk about it. But everyone thought I was crazy when I, when I challenged Marvin Hagler because ha- Marvin Hagler was just a beast, man. He was the best. Uh, but I wanted that. I wanted it. And I trained, hard. I trained for over a year, a year. I mean, just wow. right. to get that body back in shape, to get that mind back in shape. Because again, it's not all it's not all physical, it's cerebral. You know what I mean? And I guys, I'm so I swear to God, I'm so, I, I keep I always tell people this. I am so different than I than I was in the ring. I mean, I'm laid back, I'm not confrontational, and you know, I, I don't try to punch your nose and everything. <laughs> but uh, it's been a it's been an incredible uh career. It's been an incredible moment in my life. And uh, awesome, man. And obviously with boxing, there's a lot of showmanship that goes on outside of the ring, right? Boxing oh, yes. craves personality. Right. And being someone who had social anxiety, do you feel like that alter ego that you had in the ring will also carried over into those pre-fight to-dos with the media there and, and everyone looking for what's your next move? How are you going to get Hagler? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it, again, it's, it's, it's hard to talk totally describe that feeling and it's so and it's so god i should say it's it's so contagious it's so it draws you it draws you back it draws you back it draws you back and and for me thank god it wasn't the 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 money the finances or whatever but it was just that feeling of being in that ring against that guy and having your hands raised Crazy, man. Crazy. It's like you guys doing that marathon, right? The whole marathon, right? Half. We're, we're, <laughs> we're doing a half. Thank you for the half, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you'll convince us to do a whole after, but I, I don't know. <laughs> same thing. Same, it's, it's the same. It's just the same mindset. You know, you just... Well, you, you know, it's funny that you should mention that because when we were talking to our trainer about taking on this challenge... The, um, <laughs> I, the farthest I had run at that time was 10 miles, and I did it very laid back. It was a shit time. It was like 11 minutes, 30 seconds was my average on miles. But 
I I was just thinking, yeah, but I was I was fine. I could have kept going. I and my trainer, he it was like that's a shit time. So we're gonna get that going after it. And as we started getting into the these weeks of training, it went from the idea of oh I'm just gonna do this thing to now it is it is on. Like I just I just want I'm fired up for this event, and I want to give it my all. And and I'm and for me I just I just feel so uh, just. I just fired up. There's, I don't. There's no word to explain it. And so you do a mile in how long? Right now, I'm down to just below eight thirty. Yeah. As um, uh, f- as for the nine that I did uh, last recently. Week. Yeah. Wow. That's so. I'm I'm fired up. For me, it's I want to come into that under that well within that top ten for my age group. That top ten percent. Yeah. yeah. So I'm well, I'm on. planning on retiring after this one. <laughs> so, you give me- I don't think there will be a comeback. Is, th- is that it? I'm looking for the taste of victory at the end. Cross the finish line. Gloat a little bit if I beat Johnny and and call it a day. We figured it would be the the best beer we've ever had after <laughs> that marathon. I would assume some of the best partying of your life came after That's those gloves were raised. Know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that uh, feeling yeah. carried well outside the ring. Okay, next question. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that. So we'll we'll make sure we talk about that off air. <laughs> Along with that mental toughness, obviously, you know, when you're a young pup getting started in boxing, did you have a mentor or two? You've had a lot of people in your corner over the years that you could really point to that help instill that mental toughness that edge? The mental toughness comes from the individual. Uh, the, the knowledge of it, it comes from the mentor of James Morton, uh, who suggested I, I turn pro to make money to pay my father's you know, hospital bills. Uh, Pepe Carrera, Dave Jacobs, I mean, Angelo Dundee. I mean, I had people, I had such good people, Mike Trainer. I had such incredible people. Ollie Dunlap. I mean, I can go on and on and on. My man Juice. I'm going to stop now because there's a lot of people that I owe so much to because they were a part of my of my corner. Right. My team. And my sponsors. I mean, there were people who loaned me money to get started. So I... I'm a blessed man, and I, and I don't take it for granted. I would love to, to hear some more thoughts on that, because we talk about this in class and on this show all the time about how important is the peer group that you have around you through life. And I can imagine in those times of training, I'm just sure that it was very uh, thought out of who's going to be in that room, who's going to be around you, who's going to be talking to you. Because we always say you can only you can only rise as high as your five closest friends. And that's not in the monetary terms. That is a quality of life. You know, I again, I had the best corner in the world. I just had people who cared about me, respected me, and they had the knowledge that they did because uh, Mike Trainer, who was uh, my my dear friend, my my attorney, my my, my partner, and everything. Uh, he he said, Ray, if you turn pro, I can have you go with Don King. I can have you go with with a Poland, and these are other these are promoters, boxing yeah. promoters. And we said, oh, you can do it yourself. He said because, you know, but do you believe that you can become a world champion? Do you believe in yourself? And I said, yes, without even thinking about it. I said, yes. And I was really one of the first or few guys who 
orchestrated his, his own career. Wow. And, but it was all on me, though. I had, I had right. to produce. I had to be productive. There had to be a process. And uh, I, I missed that. I missed those moments because my success came because I wanted success and I wanted victory. And not just in the ring, but outside the ring, too. Nothing, I mean, it's, I almost get teary-eyed when I talk about this, but it's been, it's been an amazing uh, journey. And with your children and raising them, what are some of the boxing lessons that you've tried to instill in them? There are no shortcuts in life. There's no shortcuts to success. If you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. Dream the dream, because a lot of times people let go of their dreams. If you truly believe, if you really, if there's a, if you have a passion for something, go for it, you know, go for it. And don't let anyone uh, tell you otherwise. I think there's a lot of influence, and certainly with all the the websites and everything that's going on with the, with technology, that everyone seems to be offering a shortcut. When I think deep down, we all know uh, there really isn't. I mean, it's nothing. But if you if you want it, then you're gonna have to work for it. You have to work for it. But then again, again, there's with technology and everything else. There, there, there seems to be, or there appears to be, shortcuts. But when it's all said and done, you, you want it, you want as much experience as you can possibly get. And my dad would always say, "Well, you can learn it the easy way or the hard way." So, oh, you know, it's, yeah. it's coming, but the, you're going to learn something. Yeah, the easy way or the long, <laughs> hard, the long way. Yeah, hard way. Yeah. And with that, I think that's what's so amazing to hear. Obviously, not a professional athlete, not a champion anyway, but I face self-doubt and even champions face self-doubt. But it's going beyond that, whether it's the mental governor we have or the physical governor we have. And sometimes it takes a coach or a mentor to push us to that level. Sometimes it takes an opponent, right? Staring down right. Tommy Hearns, some of the toughest boxers in the history of boxing. Well, he can get a little extra out of you, right? That's so true. And... um you know, again, I keep I, I will constantly repeat this. There are no shortcuts. And even if you took a shortcut, it's gonna catch up with you eventually because you didn't you didn't go through that experience. You didn't go through that process. So you don't know what to expect by because you took that shortcut. And obviously boxing is a career where there are going to be setbacks. It's very difficult to go undefeated throughout your amateur and pro career. In those moments of defeat where you're picking yourself up the ground, was there something that you were telling yourself the next fight, the next training session that would get you motivated? And it became, I was self-motivated. I wanted to win. I wanted to be successful. You know, it's, it's deep down inside me. And, I, and the way I think, the way I think, I always, be, I'm such an optimist by nature. And I know there's a, there's always a way to win. There's always a way to win. Nine times out of ten, you know, we, we fail sometimes, but there is a way to win. You just can't give up. Right. Yeah. Finding that way to win is find, where the magic is. Find the way, finding, and finding the way to win. That's, and it is, it is magic. I love it. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that. I'm going to use that too. Excellent. <laughs> and, our audience would love to help fight diabetes with you and with this cause. Where can they go to learn more about the foundation and get involved? At SugarRayLeonard.com. SugarRayLeonard.com. Yes. Learn about the foundation, and we're going to watch you knock out diabetes. Absolutely. Maybe first round, too. <laughs> That's what we're hoping for. Take it.
Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you guys you. are fantastic. Yeah, I know you got a busy schedule. It's great squeezing us in. Thank and you. We're excited for our audience to hear this and push through their moments of defeat and frustration and those self-doubts. I know we all have them. Don't give up. Immerse yourself in the world's most advanced social skills training program by joining us at the Art of Charm Bootcamp. Learn why entrepreneurs, military special operations, executives, Silicon Valley engineers, and VCs trust over a decade of experience to increase their emotional intelligence. Our Los Angeles program is full of scientifically proven drills and strategies to enhance your ability to command respect, communicate effectively, and build your charisma. But don't just take my word for it. Going through with the AOC boot camp was probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. Before the program, I struggled in dating. I was socially awkward. I was uncomfortable socially and just not confident around other people at all. Eventually, I got so tired of not being where I wanted to be socially that I decided to do something about it, and that was AOC. Johnny and AJ's lessons on everything from the fundamentals to belief restructuring were all super helpful in developing me socially. Now my confidence is significantly higher. I have much closer relationships with my friends and family. And at the end of the day, I got exactly out of the program what I wanted, which was the skills and confidence necessary to be comfortable in any social situation I get thrown into. Thank you so much, AOC. Go to theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp to learn more and apply today. Finally get the skills to level up your career, relationships, and confidence in just five days. Theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp. Johnny, we're out of time. That hour just raced by with Sugar Ray. It did. And I want to remind everybody about the last part of the interview. We want to hear from you. Right. We want to hear your stories of competition, win or loss. What did it feel like? What did you learn from getting beat down or making it through the toughest parts? Send us your stories via email or social media or even record yourself on your smartphone. You could drop those off at questions at theartofcharm.com or hit us up on Instagram at The Art of Charm. You can also find me there at AJ Harbinger and Johnny at AOC Johnny. AJ, we just ran a half marathon. And yes, we've been talking about it a lot, but 13.1 miles was no picnic. Not at all. So record your story and send it in. And who knows, you may even hear about yourself on a future podcast. Speaking of competition, you got to check out our 10-day challenge. Join us for our free 10-day challenge designed to help you get out of your comfort zone and start being more social. Go to theartofcharm.com slash challenge and get signed up for free. That's theartofcharm.com slash challenge to join this free challenge, work with AOC coaches, and connect with a group of like-minded people. And we've got a quick shout out. We love hearing from our boot camp alum and all the amazing things that they're up to. Last week, we found out that Art of Charm alum Jake Gelhard broke the two-hour mark in his half marathon. Way to go, Jake. Also, if you're enjoying our show, please review us on iTunes. Head over to the Art of Charm and share your thoughts. The reviews are great for new listeners, and they help us out a lot, too. We're always trying to improve, so we appreciate the love. The Art of Charm podcast is produced by Chris Olin with production assistance from Michael Harold. This show is recorded at Cast Media Studios and engineered by Danny Luber and Bradley Denham. I'm AJ. And I'm Johnny. Thanks for listening. Next week, we're starting a new month. Johnny, that means... That we'll have a new theme and a bunch of new material to go with it. 
So enjoy your week. We'll see you soon. Yeah, I remember you. You were a bad boy. You drew your love away. Like